It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. And five and uh, twelve eighty, the zone. It's time to talk to the head coach of Weber State. Uh, his conversation on the Jacob Ben Show is brought to you by our friends at Larry H. Miller Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram, right there in Riverdale. Troy and his crew up there are fantastic. Fourteen eighty one West Riverdale Road, just right off I fifteen. Check them out, Larry H. Miller Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Riverdale. Out to the Smart Rain special guest line we go. As I mentioned, he's the head football coach at Weber State. He's our friend Jay Hill. What's going on, Coach? Hey guys, how are you? We're doing great. Uh, you've got to be uh, thrilled with your team, the way they wrapped up the season, taking it to Northern Colorado. Well, I am. I thought we finished very good and won four of our last five. Our, our last two games, we outscored our opponents 110 to 17. Um, just There's so many positives in this season that we can take from it. We finished on a very good note. We got a lot of guys back healthy that I had talked about earlier with you guys that just lingering injuries that have carried over from the spring that we started getting back the you know week eight nine ten and i thought we were playing pretty good football down the stretch so that's good to, good thing to go into the off season with and build on can momentum carry over from you know the end of one season to the next absolutely and it should you know that i thought that was kind of a flip from like our first year we didn't start very good but we ended winning two of our last three games and then going into the second year we won a bunch of games down the stretch. And anyway, we were ending on high notes that I absolutely believe can carry over. And then you go in the playoffs, and it seems like you're always ending on a downer because unless you win a national championship, you're always ending on a loss. And this year we actually get to go in, you know, winning two of our last three games and playing very well down the stretch. So that's, that's a good thing. So, Coach, I want to ask you a big-picture question. You know, going back to 2020, there was all the uncertainty. I, I'm sure it was not easy, you know, managing a whole football team during that time when you may play, you may not play, and everything was so up in the air. You end up not playing. You play in spring 2021. You go to camp 10 minutes later in the summer and then play this season. Now that it's is, there's some finality to it, do you allow yourself to exhale and kind of look back on it and realize what a wild world it's been for the past couple of years? I think we have to. I mean, the 2020 for everybody, just the whole COVID thing, and do we play, do we not play? Do you bring your guys and work out in the summer um, with all the masks and restrictions? I think when we first started working out that summer, we we could have 10 guys in the weight room at a time when we first started. And so your strength coaches are getting worn out because instead of three or four lift groups, they're doing eight or nine. And... It's just been a long hassle. And then you play the two seasons back-to-back, like you mentioned. And, you know, at, at the start, I think everybody was trying to throw a big negative onto it. And I I wouldn't allow us to go there because we put our eggs in the spring season basket because I thought we had a chance to win that championship, which we did. And then then you watch the injuries mount over the year and you think, you know what? This has been a brutal year. And then if we look at the Big Sky Conference, the three teams that finished 1-2-3 in the conference were the three teams that didn't play mm. in the spring. 
And so, I mean, I don't want to make excuses, but it does look like there's some reasoning behind the teams that didn't play. Is there a ritual that separates, you know, the end of a season and the beginning of another? Do you have, you know, a clean-out day? Do you have to get rid of a bunch of stuff? I mean, what, is it the last day of school? How, does, how, does you, how do you handle that? I'll be honest, guys, I'm not used to this. For the last five yeah, years, right. we, we've been coming out of the playoffs, and it's basically our last game. The last three years has ended with us going to Christmas break. And so uh, we're, we're into something that I haven't done for a while, and Quite frankly, yesterday when I showed up to work, didn't want to be doing. So um, this is one of those times where I'm going to let the guys go and enjoy family for Thanksgiving. Then we got a hard work workout week next week, and then uh, we'll hit Christmas break and then hit the ground running come January 10th when the players come back. So it's, it's a little different ritual than we're used to at least the last five years. So I'm trying to think of the right way to ask this, and I don't want you to, to ask you about any coaching job specifically by any means, because I know you can't talk about that sort of thing. But, you know, you've had some success at Utah and now Weber State, certainly, where you've probably had an opportunity pop up from time to time. That phone rings, you know. How do you how do you handle it? Because the coaching world is so wild and the coaching carousel seems to only get more dramatic as years go by. As a successful college football coach, how do you handle interest from other universities? Um, it's a fine line on because you don't want to talk to other schools that you're really not interested in because you get a reputation of just that guy who's talking to schools so that he can get bigger contracts at the one where he's at and that doesn't go across well and in the end it can bite you in the butt and a lot of the interest people are just reaching out and say hey would you have interest and that, that doesn't necessarily mean they're really interested in you and then there's one where they actually go gung-ho as hard as they can after you because you are one of their top one or two candidates. And then even then you have to prove that you're their top candidate to get the job. So I, I don't know. I think a lot of the stuff that people hear out there um, as far as the jobs go, a lot of it's make-believe, a lot of it's not real. Um, a lot of the times when you're hearing a big name, it's really they're just using that name to get you off of who they really want. Um, so I, I don't know how to answer that question other than a lot of it's not real. And uh, when it is, the coach has to do a phenomenal job of deciding what's best for him and his program and his future and all that. And I don't even know how to answer that other than that. I guess maybe you did just answer this, but yeah, what what is the bis, biggest misnomer people have, or what do people have most wrong about the coaching carousel or how that works? What, what is absolutely the perspective that people have versus the reality? Well, the perspective is that the next job is you, you have to take because it's got so much more money involved or, or it's got a name or whatever it is, and sometimes the best job is the one that you're at. And I think Coach Witt's a perfect example of look what he's accomplished at the University of Utah and all the unbelievable things that I hope the Utah fan base is grateful for because he's a perfect example of just someone who's stuck around and he's built a monster at the University of Utah. And I think I saw a statistic that they won the Pac-12 South 15 17, 18, and then again this year or something like that. But, I mean, they've become the best program in the Pac-12 South and unbelievable coaches that have had opportunities and are still there. And 
and look at Kalani, what he's built at BYU. It's just that those guys have stuck around in programs that are taking care of them, and they've built monsters, in my opinion. Well, look at you, Coach. You've built a monster there at Weber State, and I mean that in all sincerity. And, you know, we're talking a little bit about other gigs out there. Why has that been such a great place for you? Well, like I said, I mean, be happy where you're at. In today's world of social media, everyone's freaking upset and pissed off and always wishing that they had something on the other side and the grass is not always greener. And so when you have something good, enjoy it. Uh, I I don't believe in always looking for the next best thing because sometimes one of the best things you can have is right where you're at. And a lot of those guys that are always looking for the next best thing end up getting bit in the butt. And um, I just, that's just not how I want to live. I, I believe the coaches that I've been around throughout my career that have been successful, most of them have been the same way. Um, and then every once in a while a job comes along that you just flat can't turn down. And when that occurs, then I think the fans and and uh, everybody understands that this is an opportunity just that you have to take. And uh, everybody's individual and, and different on what, what that means to them and what it represents to them. You uh, you have a, a vacation coming up, Coach? Do you allow yourself to uh, to take a break for a second, or is it all recruiting all the time? What's your life like now? You know what? The last two days, I bet we've put in probably 15, 16 hours of recruiting just to try to button things up, and then I'm going to send the staff away for Thanksgiving. They need to go spend t- some time with their families because come Monday, it's going to be busy two weeks straight of busy recruiting. Um, so we are. We'll get away for Thanksgiving, enjoy our families, and um, our coaches need that, and I need that. Our players need it. So I think that that's an important break that these guys are going to get this year. You Thanksgiving guy? You love the love the spread, the turkey, the whole nine yards? You know what? I do. And uh, I'm going to miss this year doing Thanksgiving with the players uh, as far as normally we've had those playoff games coming up, and so we have tons of players over most of them are going to go away. But, I mean, that's a fun time to uh, spend with your players. Um, like, like, I know there's teams in the state that are going to play this week. And for them to get to spend it with players and then go win a game, that, those, those are memorable times that um, I don't want to discount because I, I do love those Thanksgivings as well. But this will be a fun one to just go get away and spend it with just our family. Hatch uh, Hatch is hitting us with a little breaking news in our ear. Uh, Hatch, uh, come on the air with that. 11 players? 11 Weaver State Wildcats on all conference teams, according to the Big Sky. Wow. Coach, that's great. Congratulations to those guys. That just came out, huh? Yeah, that just uh, that just dropped out right now. So good timing for well, us. I think, I think for finishing, uh, you can look at it one of two ways. The coach that has that many all-conference guys doesn't win as a moron, so... <laughs> Everyone can be mad at me. Uh, but I think it's an unbelievable recognition for these players and just everything that they've gone through this year. Like I said, uh, it's been a weird, crazy year for us. And so for that many guys to continue to get recognized uh, on, a, on a year where I think we finished fifth or sixth or something like that, um, I think that that's a huge uh, statement to those players, and they deserve it because there's probably four or five others that should have been on it and, and weren't. So. That's great. Congrats to those guys. Well, congrats to those guys. Congrats to you, Coach, on uh, on a season in the books. We we always look forward to our conversations with you. Thanks for jumping on the show with us. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Happy Thanksgiving, Coach. Okay, guys. You too. Happy Thanksgiving. See you, Coach. Uh, Jay Hill, 
head coach at uh, Weber State, one of the good guys. I wonder, wonder how much inf- interest he's going to get this offseason. But you know what? He's right. Exactly what he's saying is exactly right. And it's not like he's making a bad living at Weber State. Oh, he's, you know, he's making, gig. what, $300,000? He's the highest paid coach in the, the big sky right now. Well, Ben, I know, I almost said for a fact, I guess I shouldn't say that, but I know he's had more lucrative offers yeah. come his way but like that he said, he's passed on because he, he's he got a good thing going. And you know what? The guy who takes every job is the guy who gets fired from a lot of jobs. And, and it's hard in this. I mean, it's hard in life. Everyone, everyone knows this. Right now, the easiest way to make more money is to leave the company you're at. You know, like to jump around, and that's how you're going to get your biggest raises. It's not the way it used to be. A lot of companies don't have built-in raises. It's totally understandable why guys jump around. And in football, it's specifically that way, I guess I should say, in coaching. You're always looking for the bigger job. But, yes, it's so easy to leave for that next job and then just get fired, you know, because they brought you in easily. They'll get rid of you easily because they don't have the same invested in you. Weber State has a ton invested in Jay Hill and wants him to succeed and wants to see him continue to succeed. Now, if BYU or Utah, or Cal, or Colorado, or whatever school comes and offers him a job, he has to take it. Going from the big sky to a P5 conference, even most, you know, most, any Division One school is probably a really good opportunity for him. But it's not like he's got a bad opportunity right now, and he's happy, and he's probably got pretty good job security. He seems content, and I think that's a good thing. See, I think... I think coaches aren't choosy enough about what gigs they take when they jump. This is this is something Urban Meyer was really good at. Um, does your recipe for success work at the job you're taking? Correct. Because what what Kyle Whittingham does at Utah might not work at Nebraska, right? Because he's he's really. I mean, you can really get in depth on this, but he has figured out what. How to win at Utah? He has a yes. recipe that specifically wins at Utah. I bet Coach Hill has that same thing at Weber State. Right. When when Urban took Utah, when he took that job, he saw a, a team that had a ton of talent on it that was coming back that maybe underachieved a little, little bit for whatever reason. He could go in, be a butt kicker, you know, cut a quarter of the team yep. that isn't up to snuff, send a message to the rest of everybody, and it was off to the races. He did the exact same thing in Florida, right. and then did the exact same thing at Ohio State. I mean, you look at somebody like Jason McIntyre, who was a great coach at San Jose State. He goes to Colorado. He just forget how to coach football, right, or right. did his formula for success at San Jose State absolutely not work at Colorado? Correct, and we've seen that a lot. I mean, you know, the the sports world is littered with coaches who get fired by being great at smaller schools and recruiting specifically because of the culture, the geographic, you know, coaching in, or recruiting in the area, and then going to Texas. And, okay, all of a sudden it's really hard to win at Texas because you're fighting a totally different battle than you thought you were getting into. Look at every uh, Boise State coach not named Chris Peterson. Yeah. They go somewhere else and they fall on their face because, you know, they figured something out up there at Boise and how to win and a formula for recruiting and what type of players you're looking for to run what type of system. Yeah. And at Boise, it's three felonies or less. Come on in. That doesn't necessarily work at uh, Colorado. Right. It works at Arizona State, obviously, but... I mean, remember Shaka Smart, VCU? Yeah. And those great. teams were incredibly cool, Virginia Commonwealth. And again, he goes to Texas, and they're like, well, you know what? You're not recruiting the same kids, actually. The battles are different. The opponents are yeah. different. The fight is different. And then, you know, it didn't work out that well. So he gets fired and ends up at Marquette. And we'll see if he can, you know, Marquette's a little bit closer to VCU as far as the type of school. But, yeah, it's hard It's hard to coach. It's hard to win. And, and having a good thing and, you know, having continuity in your life, as we've talked about so much with Weber State, it's just... And it's not Weber State, it's, it's coaching in general. You're just problem solving. You're putting out one fire after the next, whether it's players, 
administration, opponents, whatever it is, you always have something thrown at you. Having continuity of being in the same place every day is probably nice. Plus, Ogden is sneaky cool. One of the coolest towns. I agree. We would say it's a great campus. It is. It's beautiful. Yeah. Uh, stay tuned. We'll have more next. Jake and Ben, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.